All right, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 43 through 45. And we'll just look at Philip a little bit and see what's uh, went on in his life and try to compare it with our life and see if we, how up to snuff we are. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 43. The day following, in other words, the day after Jesus had been calling his disciples, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Pisidia, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, and Nathanael said unto him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Why don't you just come and see? Father, thank you for your calling. And Lord, I just thank you that even I think of my own, it's still this, this fresh. And, and I thank you so much for that. And as we look at one of your disciples tonight, it's already in your presence. I pray that we could take some lessons from Philip and be drawn even closer to you because of of Philip's life. In Jesus' name, amen. Philip and Andrew are the only two disciples that have Greek names. And they're the only two that really their character, uh, their lifestyle uh, was very similar to each other. Philip, like Andrew, lives outside the spotlight. There's always somebody in ahead of him, it seemed. Uh, outside the spotlight. Now the first three gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, just barely mentioned Philip's name. Uh, nothing great, nothing fantastic, just sort of mentions his name uh, and moves on. Now, uh, Philip is this kind of person. Now, what I understand, he was a strong person, but he was a silent type, okay? He didn't have to be recognized, but you've heard people say, well, hey, when they speak, they speak wisdom. Uh, they speak volumes that we need to listen to and hear what they have to say. Um, in three or four times, we see, uh, we see Philip uh, as one being sought after. And when we think about him and all that he does, um, he doesn't push himself forward. He has to be nudged along. Uh, I know some like that. If you nudge them, hey, they'll go. They'll just jump right in there and do the job that you were trying to get them to do, but they just need to be pumped just a little bit or pumped up. Um, there's one umbrella word that describes Philip, and that is this, knowledge. Knowledge. Now, not necessarily book learning, and hey, book learning is nothing wrong with that, but having a lot of common sense, knowing how to handle people, knowing how to go and approach a person to get them to come and, as he said, we have found the Messiah. We have found the one that we've heard about from Moses. And I want you to come and I want you to see. He knows some things that you and I need to know. So as we think about Philip, the knowledgeable disciple, first of all, he knew how to find life. Now, I'm not talking about physical. He knew how to find life. At the very beginning of Jesus' public ministry, right after his baptism and his call of Andrew, Peter, and John, Jesus went across the Jordan into a little town of Bethany. 
into Galilee and he was looking for Philip to become one of his disciples. Now, when I think about looking for, I know that Jesus knew where Philip was, but he needed to come face to face with him. Now, you can change that over to you and I. He knows where you are. He knows where I am. In my walk with God, in my walk with Jesus, he knows if I'm in step or not. He knows if I'm behind. He knows if I'm trying to get ahead. He knows where we are, just like he knew where Philip was, but he sought him. On the human side, hey, Jesus had in mind, I want Philip. I've, I know so much about him. I've heard so much about him. I want him to be a part of the band. I want him to be a part of the group. Now, the Bible says no one should respond to God unless he is drawn, okay? Unless the Holy Spirit of God draws that person, okay? And I'm, I'm thankful tonight. Hey, I work. I know how to work. I can do hard physical work. But I did not call me, okay? God sought after me until I gave in. He would not let up. And when we think about that, unless... The Spirit of God draws us, there's no reason to come. That's not only to lost people that God must draw and for them to be saved, but it's also for you and I who are saved, God draws us to special work. Now, it may not be, hey, go overseas. Uh, uh, it, it might be just working right among the people here. Teaching, observing, greeting, cleaning, Whatever. And God has a plan. He has a place for all of us. You see, unless we're drawn, there's nowhere to put the seed. Okay? And, and there's nowhere to put the seed unless the ground has been plowed. And so the Lord comes and begins to work, okay? And plow us and plow us. And at the right and the proper time, if we're ready and he knows, he plants the seed. Then it's up to us to allow that seed to grow. Now, not to respond... Not to respond is saying, Lord, I ain't got time. I ain't got time for this. Now, I will say this. Some of us, I didn't say some of y'all, some of us sometimes become overloaded. All right? Now, in a house, in a circuit, if something comes overloaded, what happens? Breaker trips, right? Why? Because it's overloaded. And we don't want to do that to our people. We don't want them to become so overloaded that the, that the breaker keeps tripping, okay? We don't want it to keep tripping. Somebody needs to say, hey, let me help you. Now, Philip was wise, knowledgeable, and he wanted somebody to help. And so, hey, he immediately, he goes after somebody else. You know, sometimes we, I won't say y'all, sometimes we, we want to do this and we want to do that so we can get the credit and we can get the glory, okay? Just go ahead and admit it. Now, some people won't admit that, but hey, I done this and I done that, but hey, it needs to be we. It's us. We have moved in and we have done all these things that's gotten the, the job done. Fruit bearing, same way. You can't bear all the fruit. So you bear that which God allows you to bear. And as we think about uh, uh, bearing fruit, um, the seed, it has to fall on good soil. Okay? We, our lives are the soil. 
We're either hard soil, rocky soil, or we're good, fertile soil ready to, for God to use us, okay? Now, we don't get ourselves ready. I mean, we can't. He gets us ready. And then he makes it available for us to step in. So what happened to Philip prior to this moment? What happened to him? He had a prior witness of the word of God. You and I, hey, we don't have part of it. We have it all. And some religions, I say religions, uh, say, no, you don't. We have it all. Well, you know, hey, I was raised on and around and in the King James Version, okay? That's not the only one. King James Version is not even the original. Hello? There are many translations, but some people will fight you over King James Version. But I have many translations. If I, hey, if I'm reading in the, in the King James and it's something I just can't hardly figure out, then I'm going to get me another translation and see what it says. I may even pull out old Webster and see what he says. I want to know what's being said. So Philip, he, he had prior witness of the word of God. Um, in fact, he later, he went after old Nathaniel. And he said, hey, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, you know what? It's always the truth of God's word that plows. Now listen, that plows the heart and prepares to receive Christ. Someone gave me a tag many years ago to put on a motorhome on the front of it. still there. Got a tractor on it. And the words are just this, plow on. You know, we don't need to stop plowing. If God has plowed us up and planted the seed and it's growing and it's going, we need to seek somebody to help plow, to get in there and pull together. You don't have to turn, but I want to look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews 4, 12. Here's what she says. Well, I'll find it in a minute, 412. For the word of God is living. Okay? Now, as Christians, hopefully you believe that. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And this is what he says it'll do. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and the marrow, and it is and it and it and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. What is our intent? Okay? What is the thoughts of our heart? What is the reasoning for us even being here? What is the thought process that we want to come to God's house and we want to bring others just like Philip wanted Nathaniel? So Philip had prior witness of the word of God. It's also, he had prior witness of his friends. His friends. It was in association with Peter and Andrew. Probably even John the Baptist who said, hey, man, you need to come. You know, that's... That's what our job is, to invite and encourage. Um, I didn't take time this morning to tell you the whole story at the all changing place, but it was a, I mean, when I look back now, I mean, 
It is so beautiful to look back at the story and having watched it unfold from sitting in the waiting room, waiting on our cars to get this oil changed, and listening to people talk. And so therefore I followed her out and began to talk to her. And one thing led to another. And she started coming. Then her husband started coming and coming and coming. And you saw the results this morning. But hey, it don't happen. You plow, you plant, and then you wait for God to give the increase. It's not me, okay? It is the Lord Jesus Christ just working through. He'll do the same for anybody who puts forth that effort. By the way, I meant to mention this morning about the big coin. Many of you have signed up wanting the big coin. I'm going to do that uh, through January. At the end of January... I'll order those coins. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back there after service. It's a huge Jesus coin uh, just for display. I really, you know, want to probably give it away. But uh, go back and, and check that out. It, it's a good witnessing too, that whole thing is. Um, by um, Peter and Andrew and John, they influenced uh, Philip for God. They influenced him. You know, and I'm thinking this, am I influencing anybody? Am I influencing anybody to come and follow Jesus or am I discouraging them? Am I discouraging them? You know, we need to be careful. Um, you know, we, 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 you, you, some of you got children at home and most, a lot of us got grandchildren. Now, if we whine and we gripe at home about church, what do you think that says to them? Well, boy, when I get where I don't have to go, I ain't going. I ain't going up there with that bunch. I mean, all I hear mom and daddy talk about, oh, so-and-so, what he had on and, and the way he's acting and just look what she said. And, and here they go. They pick up on all that stuff. They remember it. Are you, am I, are we, are we influencing people to follow the Lord or to not follow him? And we wonder sometimes, why, where is our young people? Why aren't they this? Why aren't they that? It goes back. What did we do back there to encourage and influence them? Well, we think about Philip's life. Um, he knew how to find life. Secondly, he knew how to witness. Um, there in 45 through uh, 46, we've already read it, but Philip findeth Nathaniel. Hey, that was on his heart and mind. As soon as he got right with the Lord and, and was called, hey, he said, man, Nathaniel needs to get in on this. So who do you look at and think about who needs to get in on this? You think about where you will be tomorrow. You will be around all kinds of people tomorrow. Are you going to influence them to come or not come? We, we need to talk about what God is doing at First Baptist. I mean, this morning, I mean, I was just, <laughs> all I know is the Holy Spirit took over, okay? It wasn't me, I can assure you of that. Because I, I've kept trying to look down at my notes and didn't even know where I was at. I wasn't supposed to know where I was at. God was supposed, he knew where I was at, okay? And so he was doing the, the shot calling, all right? All I was was a spokesperson. All I was was a go-between, all right? But we had a, we had a pile of folk here, guests. I don't know what they're looking for. I don't have no idea. But Philip knew how to witness. Not pushing, not shoving but generally loving and kindness, encouraging and inviting uh, someone to come. 
He was a man who shared his newfound faith, okay? Uh, to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is one thing, but when you step out, Following the Lord in faith is a different kind of faith. It's a newfound faith. And that's what Philip had come up on. Uh, he, he had that missionary instinct, okay? Go ye therefore, what the Bible says. Go ye therefore and teach everybody. Preach to them. Encourage them. Invite them. Let them see Jesus in you. He found Nathaniel after he found the Lord and began to follow him. And we see again his conversion with the, uh, in the Gentiles in that situation when he came to Jesus by saying to him, Sir, we want to see Jesus. And him standing right before him. We want to see Jesus. Well, what were they looking for? Well, he's looking for somebody to take over and get rid of all this junk. That wasn't what he came for. He simply said, I came to do the will of who? My Father. I came to do the will of my Father. What is that will? Whatever he asked. Remember what uh, Jesus' mother Mary said to the servants? Whatever he says, just do it. Whatever he says, just do it. You know, listen, he don't have to look right, sound right, even act right. But if he says do it, just do it. He'll, he'll make the outcome like it's supposed to be. So Philip... You know, when we think about him, he, he, knew, he knew how to find life. He knew how to witness. But another thing he knew how to do, he knew how to talk to Jesus. You know, he knew how to talk to Jesus. Problems going to come, y'all. And where you go with those problems? Yeah, we can't see Jesus. We don't hear him audibly. But he stands ready and waiting to hear from us. In John's gospel, I want to turn to... Uh, Chapter 14, verses 8 and 9. John 14, 8 and 9. I'll wait as long as I hear pages rattling. Now, Philip knew how to talk to Jesus, okay? Look what he says. Verse 8. Philip says unto him, Lord, why don't you show us the Father that is satisfy us? And Jesus said unto him, have I been such a long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and he that saith unto them, Show us the Father. Believest thou not that I am the Father, and the Father in me, and the words that I speak, and I speak the words of myself, not of myself, but of the Father who dwells in me and does the work. And you say, and show us <laughs> that it satisfies they took a lot of things for granted, y'all. You know what? We do. We take a lot of things for granted. Kathy Willis has been working with uh, the uh, children in Good News Club who have just gotten saved, and now she's going to be working with our little children who've just gotten saved. But I tell you what we, sometimes we're overlooking, and listen to me, we're doing our best to change that for those adults who've gotten saved and recently baptized. We're going to start something with them because we don't need to assume they know everything we know and how to do it, okay? We must teach them. We must train them. The Bible is very clear on it. We must teach. We must train or else we're going to have a bunch of adult babies, okay? 
And it's our responsibility. It's not theirs. We're to make it available to them. And, and when Philip, he knew how to find life in Jesus. He knew how to witness for Jesus. He knew how to talk to Jesus. But last of all, he knew how to fall. He knew how to fail. In John 6, 5 through 7, I want you to listen to what it says. John 6, 5 through 7. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come with him, he turns to Philip, and this is what he said. Where can we go buy some bread that these people might eat? Well, we'll go get some bread, Philip. And as this to say, Philip said, what are you asking me for? <laughs> I mean, hey, you're the Lord. But then he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus knew what he would do, but he was testing old Philip. Philip answered and said, 200 denarius worth of bread is not sufficient for them that everyone may take a little. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, there's a lad here with five loaves of bread and two fish, but what's that among all this? Here again, they were underestimating Jesus. They were failing to see, hey, we got Jesus, man. If you got him, you got everything. It don't mean we won't have problems. The disciples had problems. Here was a problem. Thousands sitting there, hungry. What are we going to do? Well, man, we ain't got but a grocery sack full of groceries. What's this going to do? Turn it over to Jesus. When you turn it over to him, he's promised to work it out. But you know our problem? We see the problem. We turn it over to Jesus and then say, well, I'll call you if I need you. I think I can handle this. And then it becomes a mess. And everybody says, well, what in the world happened? Well, we discounted the power that Jesus has to offer. Philip forgot what he'd remembered. <laughs> you ever forgot what you remembered? Jesus had done it for him. Why wouldn't he do it for them? You see, these 12 boys were imperfect. You and I are imperfect. In them and in us, we see anger. Remember what the Lord said, be angry and sin not? We see anger. We see pride. And so do we have pride sometimes in the wrong area. Intolerance. Some of them was just couldn't tolerate it. Sometimes we're that way. We don't want to tolerate it. They doubted. Sometimes we doubt. Some, they were afraid sometimes. Sometimes we're afraid. I, I mean, I see myself in these guys. And we take them for granted. They don't run the race, y'all. They're at home. And they left some good examples for us. Yeah, sometimes they stuck their foot in their mouth, and so do we. But at least they had sense enough to pull it out and say, hey, I'm sorry. Give me one more chance. Give me one more opportunity. I want to make it right. In light of this, old Philip as one who was able to take um, rebuke from Jesus and loved it. That was his example again. He took it and he loved it because he sensed and knew that Jesus loved him and wanted him to get better. Um, we think about this. You know, Christianity is no place for spoiled children. Hello? No place for spoiled children. You can't have your way all the time. The Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he does what? Chastens. What's a chasten? A whipping. He will put us in our place. And, of course, we, like Philip, we're ready to help. 
We're ready to share our faith, but make sure that, hey, that's what God wants at this particular point in time. And I go back again to that all changing place. You know, hey, I could have sat right there and said, well, you know, I don't know her. She might think I'm out of line. But I knew what God wanted me to do. And I mean, hey, if I was out of line, I'd just done it. I'd just done it. At the filling station, there's always more market. There's always somebody on the other side pumping gas. I pulled up to the station and I, the guy was filling up. And he liked to blow me away. I said, hey, how you doing? He said, I'm saved and on my way to heaven. What about you? Boom. <laughs> He'd been talked to. He was cocked and ready. Gun was loaded. You didn't have to worry about which about him, what, which way he was headed. Let's just do all we can, y'all. I can't do it all. Our deacons can't do it all. Our Sunday school teachers can't do it all. But all of us together, collectively, sharing the word, reaching out, God will allow us to make it happen. And I just beg you, let's, let's do it. Do it in the right spirit. And do it in the name of the Lord. Father, thank you for the night. Thank you for the evening. Thank you for the time to be together with this, our family. Father, thank you for their interest to come back on Sunday night. Thank you for their commitment. And I pray that you'd bless their homes. Bless those who have a public job to go to tomorrow. Lord, give them safety to that job. Give them a, a good feeling about their work. Give them a feeling of accomplishment. And Lord, help them to share their faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Whatever the way.